Well, hey, good morning. It's uh, Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Hey, looky here. Friday marks my 600th episode. 600 of them. Uh, uh, If you're going to listen, uh, stay away uh, um, to my older podcast. Stay away from from the first couple of weeks because... The audio was really bad, you know, until I until I learned what to do, right? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, 600 episodes coming up on Friday. Ain't that something? Uh, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of California. <laughs> it's still pretty hot. Uh, uh, and today, today we're supposed to have even worse temperatures. If you can imagine how horrible it was yesterday. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you coming every day. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you. And I know I say thank you all the time, but, you know, thank you anyway. Uh, if you can, bring someone with you uh, today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. Uh, and uh, tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S uh, <clears throat> or maybe you want to give me a story maybe you want to say hi, whatever uh, speaking at an economic forum in the uh, city of, of Vladivostok Vladivostok uh, we're starting of course with Ukraine-Russia news the war uh, Putin called the Ukrainian government an illegitimate regime saying it was founded after a coup in 2014. Actually, actually, Ukraine was founded about 200 years before Russia existed. So, and and Russia was part of Ukraine. So if you, if you want to really call someone illegitimate, it would be Russia, you know, right? Anyway, Putin also rejected claims that Russia had violated international law. You're right. Uh, of course, he's going to say that. Uh, and he's among friends there, right? Uh, he's over uh, in, uh, is it Kazakhstan or no? Uh, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> United Nations Chief Antonio Guterres has urged Russia and Ukraine to agree to a demilitarized perimeter around the Russian-held Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Uh, of course, Russian uh, soldiers, troops, and weapons are stationed at Zaporizhia. Uh, Ukrainian President uh, Advisor uh, Mikhailo Polyak said that the International Atomic Energy Agency's the IA, IAEA report on Zaporizhia nuclear power plant describes the Russian presence at the facility but fails to set out what should happen next, which I'm sure is forthcoming. He said the key part is missing. Uh, and, and IAA uh, Director General uh, Grocery's uh, report, there is no de- definite algorithm of what we must do. It says both sides have to negotiate, but it doesn't say that the Russian troops must vacate the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. It doesn't mention a 10 to 15 kilometer demilitarization area. And I'm sure, you know what, Russia has all, already said they won't do it. So they have to be taken out by force. I mean, obviously. The problem is, 
Using force there is very difficult. You have to use high Mars missiles because they are very, very well targeted, but even then they're kind of dangerous. Uh, The United Kingdom's new Prime Minister, Liz Truss, uh, spoke with the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, in her first call with uh, a foreign leader and accepted an invitation for her to visit Ukraine. So she's on her way to Ukraine. Uh, Who knows? I mean, you know what? I expected far right, far right. But she has said that she wants to help people pay their fuel bills and that uh, that they are going to be subsidizing them, which I thought was kind of interesting, you know? Uh, Let's see, where was I? Uh, RIA, uh, RIA news agency uh, cited uh, uh, Myanmar military ruler, senior uh, general Min Ong Hlaing, uh, as saying, uh, Myanmar has started buying Russian oil products and is ready to pay for deliveries in rubles. Now, if you remember, Myanmar, or Myanmar, had a military coup a couple of years ago and has jailed its progressive leader. Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, so this is still a uh, military-led uh, uh, government, uh, a fascist government, I guess it would be, uh, that is buying from Russia. Uh, the White House has said Russia could be about to buy literally millions, and I think they use the term literally correctly here, literally millions of artillery shells and rockets from old Cold War ally, North Korea. Uh, Deputy Secretary Wally Adeyemo said the United States Treasury is seeking to design a simple compliance regime for enforcing a price cap on Russian oil exports and hopes that China and India join the coalition or at least take advantage of it, which should make an interesting discussion between Xi and Putin when they get together in the near future. Now, um... I think what's going to happen is they're going to put a price cap. Russia is going to uh, 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 say um, that they aren't going to sell to Europe. And then India uh, is going to be under pressure. They're going to say that they will uh, buy it, but then resell it to Europe, which I think they're doing already as it is. Um, and I'm sure China will, I mean, China in the past has bought a lot, a a lot of fuel from Russia at discounted rates after they invaded Crimea in 2014. So I, I, this is no different. Uh, the European commission is to propose a price cap on Russian gas alongside measures, including a mandatory EU cut in electricity use during peak hours and a cap on revenues of non-gas power generators. Uh, European Commissioner uh, President uh, Ursula von der Leyen said, We will propose a price cap on Russian gas. We must cut Russian revenues, which Putin uses to finance this atrocious war in Ukraine. It's a start. If they can stop using Russian fuel completely, that would be better. Uh, How many times have I said, how many times have I said this, I do not trust uh, Recep Erdogan of Turkey. I do not trust him at all. Turkish president Recep uh, Tayyip or Erdogan, the guy who sounds like he's from a Lord of of the Rings uh, book, said today 
He did not think the West's provocative policies towards Russia were correct after the European Union proposed a price cap on Russian gas. Russian President Vladimir Putin had threatened to halt all supplies if the EU took such a step, raising the risk of rationing in some of the world's richest countries this winter. This is all Putin has. He had, this is why he was selling fuel so cheaply for years, to get uh, Europe hooked on it so he could invade Ukraine. I'm sure this was in the planning for years. And this is all Putin has. He, he has, okay, I'm going to cut off your gas. And he's going to halt supplies no matter what anyone does anyway. Because every time the EU does something, this says, he says, okay, we're going to stop gas. He's going to halt it anyway once winter is here. So you might as well do whatever you're going to do anyway against Putin. Uh, Putin said that Russia was discussing a new infrastructure project to deliver gas to China via Mongolia. As uh, they look to Beijing to replace, you, you know, Europe as its principal gas customer. In an appearance on state TV, Putin also said state-controlled oil company Rosneft had agreed with the Mongolian government to expand op, uh, cooperation over the supply of oil products. Uh, what Russia questioned a UN broker deal with Ukraine to boost grain and fertilizer, you know, the grain deal, uh, exports uh, by both countries, accusing Western states of failing to honor pledges to help facilitate Russian shipments. What fil- facilitation do you need? Are your ships being bombed? No, they aren't. Uh, Putin said at the Eastern Economic Forum that with the exclusion of Turkey as a mediator, practically all the grain exported from Ukraine was sent to the European Union nations instead of the poorest countries. It's obvious, this is him speaking, it's obvious that with an approach like that, the magnitude of the food problem in the world will keep growing and that could lead to an unprecedented humanitarian catastrophe. Uh, Ukraine's president... Vladimir Zelensky says tons of grain will arrive in the coming weeks in Somalia uh, where famine, the global food security crisis, and climate change are putting millions at risk. Vladimir uh, Zelensky's comment comes as Russian President Putin accused the West of uh, sending most of the grain uh, of the grain from Ukraine's reopened ports to Europe instead of, you know, the poor hungrier parts of the world, as I just said. What this is uh, about is Putin Putin knew that grain was going to Somalia and other poorer countries as scheduled. So if right before the shipment was sent, Putin claimed Ukraine was withholding grain, then he could claim his voice forced them to send grain to Somalia. Oh, man. Putin is now claiming that he will change the deal so he can decide where grain goes. Everything is politics. Everything is politics. And that's what Putin is doing. He's using it as politics. The gas is politics. The grain is politics. Anything to remove sanctions on Russia. Uh, Because Russia is going to be bankrupt. Again. I mean, they're already... That's what caused Glasnost. Russia becoming bankrupt after uh, uh, that war in Afghanistan that they couldn't keep up. And now they can't keep up what's going on in Ukraine. They're dying here. 
They have to get uh, 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 missiles from Iran and North Korea. Uh, A Ukrainian presidential advisor said today that Russia had no grounds to review the deal allowing Ukraine to export grain uh, from ports in the Black Sea and that the terms of the wartime agreement were strictly observed. Mikhailo Podlyak, an advisor to uh, Zelensky, said, of course, there are no objective reasons for revising the grain deal, not even close. The deal, in our view and in the view of intermediaries, is being strictly observed. He said, I believe that such unexpected and groundless statements rather indicate an attempt to find new aggressive talking points to influence global public opinion and, above all, put pressure on the United Nations. As I said, it's all politics. He knows, Putin knows what's going on. He knows where grain is going. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> the, the Russian installed a commandant, Artyom Bardin, of the southern Ukrainian city of Berdyansk, was seriously wounded in a blast. Uh, an official said the latest uh, in a series of apparent assassination attempts in occupied areas. According to reports, he's fighting for his life after losing a lot of blood and a leg. I guess if you lose a leg, you're going to lose a lot of blood. Uh, I uh, wish him well in his death. According to senior pro-Moscow separatist official, Ukrainian forces attacked the Russian-held eastern town of Balaklia uh, in the Kharkiv region. Ukrainian officials have been quiet about how a counteroffensive was faring, of course, and they want to keep it a little bit quiet with this counteroffensive. They don't want Russia knowing what's going on. Uh, speaking to Ukrainian television, the governor of Luhansk region said without giving location that a counterattack is underway and our forces are enjoying some success. Let's leave it at that. So they don't want to say how far they've gone. Uh, Ukraine's uh, top military chief claimed responsibility for a series of attacks on Russian air bases on the annexed peninsula of Crimea. This was uh, including one, uh, one that caused devastation in the uh, Saki military facility last month. Remember, we re- reported on that. Ver- Valery Zaluzinil. Uh, the uh, Ukrainian army's commander-in-chief said the attacks had been carried out by missiles or rockets without elaborating on the specifics. Uh, Russia's ministry, uh, defense ministry said uh, today that its forces had taken the settlement of Kodema in eastern Ukraine's Donetsk region from Ukrainian f- uh, forces. Uh, Kodema. <clears throat> which has a population of fewer than 600 people, is claimed by the Russian-backed Donetsk People's Republic as part of its territory. Uh, Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Yeah, that's right. Russia took a town of 600 while Ukraine is taking back a huge swath of... uh, Well, not a huge swath, but a lot of land. So, um, yeah, let's try and fix the world. Is China getting ready to start giving weapons to Russia? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. According to Russian state news agency TASS, Russia envoys to Beijing, Andrei Denisov, told reporters today that Chinese leader uh, Xi Jinping and Putin will meet on the sidelines of a summit in Uzbekistan next week. This will be the first uh, face-to-face meeting of the two since uh, before the Ukraine invasion. Uh, Uzbekistan is landlocked just east of the Caspian Sea uh, in the west, uh, 
and 50 miles from China in the east. If, if you remember, Iran is on the southern shore of the Caspian Sea. Uh, so expect some more dealings with them for weapons. Well, you know that's going to be going on over there so close to Iran. Uh, I think one country of about, uh, what, 200 miles separate the two? So you know that's going to be happening. There are going to be eh, more spies there than a Bond flick. I'm sure of it. Yesterday, Russian energy giant Gazprom said it had signed an agreement to start switching payments for gas supplies to China, to Yuan, and rubles instead of dollars, a development that was referenced by Putin in his address earlier today at the Eastern Economic Forum. More problems. This is more problems with Russia and China. You know what? If you've been listening to my podcast for for, uh, uh, two years and two months, I guess, or something like that, or three months, if you've been listening to me for that long, I've been saying Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China, Russia, China. It's always been about Russia, China. And it's it's happening more and more since the war. So, um, yeah, if you want to go, go back and listen to some of those old uh, uh, of the 600 episodes, go for it. So, <clears throat> why would any former president need such a document, except for nefarious reasons. What document am I talking about, you ask? According to the Washington Post, FBI agents who raided Mar-a-Lago on August 8th found a document described uh, describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. Of course, we don't know what nation. Uh, could be Iran, North Korea, India, Pakistan, or even Russia. The fact that Trump had this document is raising all sorts of alarms. Any two-bit second-story man could have gotten in to take pictures. The biggest problem is that the document could have information on who gathered it, how it was gathered, satellite info, anything. It could have anything in it. Such documents require special clearance and are need-to-know only. Why does a former president need to know any of this? There's no reason for that. Except for nefarious. These types of documents are kept under lock and key and never out of the control of the securing agency. By the way, and it could be the Defense Department. It could be the Department of Defense. By the way, I should say, a former president is not allowed to declassify documents. For 18 months, these documents were not secure. Has an agent already been killed because Trump had these documents and did not have them secured? Think about that. Has that happened? We don't know. The important thing to remember is that phone call with Vladimir Zelensky that Trump had. Do you remember that phone call? Trump was impeached for that phone call for trying to extort Zelensky. This kind of information can be used to extort another world leader. Is that the only reason Trump has for having that document? Right? Can you think of any other reason? Reason? Can you think of any other reason other than to extort a world leader? 
This is how Donald Trump thinks. The information he has is to further his agenda so he can profit in some way. We know he would blackmail anyone for his gain. He already did it with Zelensky. Of course, you know the story of the scorpion and the frog. You know that story. It's in his nature. The Washington Post said, after months of trying According to government uh, court filings, the FBI has recovered more than 300 classified documents from Mar-a-Lago this year, 184 in a set of 15 boxes sent to the National Archives and Records Administration in January, 38 more handed over by Trump, uh, a Trump lawyer to investigators in June, and more than 100 additional documents unearthed in the warrant on August 8th. And by the way... This has just happened. Even former Attorney General William Barr denounced Judge Eileen Cannon's, uh, Aileen Cannon's order authorizing the appointment of a special master to review the documents seized at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago uh, residence, calling the ruling wrong and deeply flawed. This is Bill Barr, far-right Republican, who, who, who was... Uh, um, Uh, Trump's attorney general. He said, the opinion I think was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it. It's deeply flawed in a number of ways. I don't think the appointment of a special master is going to hold up. So uh, if Bill Barr says that uh, the Department of Justice should challenge this ruling, you know it's going to happen, and it's probably going to happen Friday very quietly after the news uh, cycles like Friday Friday evening it's probably going to happen and then the Sunday news shows are going to be talking about it and then Aileen Cannon is going to be sweating in her boots um, Steve Bannon haven't heard him in a while but well, a couple weeks anyway Steve Bannon is expected to surrender tomorrow to face New York State charges related to his fundraising efforts to build a wall along the southern U.S. border. If you remember, Trump pardoned Bannon for the same thing, but that was federal. Guess what? Trump can only do that federally. He can't do it on the state level. This is the same case at the state level. The state charges, which have been returned in an indictment, are based on the same conduct Bannon was charged with by federal prosecutors in 2020. In fact, they could have just copy-pasted the entire case. (laughs) Presidential pardons do not apply to state investigations. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office opened an investigation into Bannon and the crowdfunding uh, fundraising effort called We Build the Wall After the pardon. Bannon, Bannon issued a statement late Tuesday in part calling the indictment phony charges and nothing more than a partisan political weaponization of the criminal justice system. I, You know, I gotta ask, how can you call it phony charges if you were already found guilty? Right? <clears throat> in his statement. He also said, they are coming after all of us, not only President Trump and myself, I am never going to stop fighting. In fact, I have not yet begun to fight. They will. That's not true. You've been fighting for two years and you've lost on every corner. <laughs> they will have to kill me first. That's what he said. 
To which I say, you're damn right they're going after criminals no matter how wealthy they are. I will also say, on the second half of that statement, are you volunteering? Save us the trouble and take care of it yourself when you're in prison, you loser. Uh, Federal prosecutors with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York had charged Bannon and three others alleging they had defrauded donors in the border wall effort, which raised more than $25 million. Now remember, this was New York defending people who were defrauded in New York. This was a federal campaign. There's a lot of states that could also throw him in jail. And they might be falling like dominoes in the near future. Uh, Bannon was charged for diverting more than a hundred, uh, more than a million dollars to pay an alleged co-conspirator and cover hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal expenses. Prosecutors allege that the donors, including some in New York, were falsely told all the money contributed uh, would go toward the construction effort. In April, two of the alleged co-conspirators in the border wall effort, Brian Colfidge and Andrew Badalato, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Colfidge also pleaded guilty to two counts of filing a false tax return and one count of wire fraud in connection with, with filing the tax return. Should have done it by mail. Oh, no, that would have been mail fraud. Ah, darn it. Uh, You should have handed it in in person. Uh, Timothy Shea, a fourth man charged in the fundraising effort, was indicted on multiple counts of conspiracy for the alleged scheme, but a judge in June declared a mistrial that the jury informed her multiple times that it was deadlocked. Now, if you're in California and if you want to have some fun, go to the uh, California Department of Justice and ask them, was anybody defrauded in California? by Steve Bannon, shouldn't we have also have a case just like New York's case? Just send them a letter. That's all you have to do for the California Department of Justice to start working to also put Steve Bannon in jail here when he finishes his term in New York. <laughs> you want to have fun? I want one of my listeners, please, one of you, Go do this. Send a letter to the Department of Justice, uh, to the California uh, California uh, California um, Attorney General, California Attorney General. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So, you know, I do this all the time. Somebody else should take the reins once in a while, right? Uh, so for decades. There have been threats, but no action by Democrats or Republicans to ban dark money in politics. Of course, why would Republicans do it? But Democrats have been threatening. Uh, The reason it has not happened is those in the House fear a large loss of income for their campaigns. They also worry that if they stop getting that dark money, their opponent will somehow continue. Uh, With the DNC scheduled to convene in Maryland later this week for its summer meeting, a group of more than 30 committee members spearheaded by Nevada Democratic Party Chair Judith Whitmer will demand approval of a resolution barring the use of dark money funding during any and all Democratic primary elections. What should happen is making a law to stop it in all elections. And it's going to be difficult, though. But the idea of banning its use 
for Democratic primaries would do a few things. And I want you to think critically about this. I'm going to give you 10 seconds, right? Pause it. Wait 10 seconds. Okay, you're back. Did you think of anything that it might do using your critical thinking skills? First, it would allow the Democratic Party to save the money for the general election. That would make elections cheaper and allow more people to enter races. Second, it would create a need, or I guess third, since that's two things. Second, it would create a need for open primaries. Like in California, when the primary is open to anyone and the top two vote-getters, no matter the party, will go up against each other in the general. Like in California, it could be two Dems, or it could be two Republicans, or it could be a Green and a Dem. Doesn't matter. The top two vote-getters go against each other. Um, as an open primary, they would not be restricted as, as restricted as a democratic primary. They could still use uh, uh, they could still use the dark money. Uh, third, maybe it would prime the pump to ban all dark money in the future from all elections. Dark money has gotten out of control so much. It's really gotten out of hand. There is almost no control from the people. You and I don't have control over our candidates. We can't tell them what to do because we lack the funds to control them. The problem with dark money is the information of who donated is hidden entirely except to the candidate. Well, not always entirely. It depends on state laws. It depends on the candidate. Who... Who is certainly told by the person who donated that dark money so they can get some help, a little pat on the back, a little scratch on the back. Several high profile progressive lawmakers, including uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, of course, and uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal, uh, the Democratic chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus recently endorsed the idea of a dark money ban in Democratic primaries after watching progressive candidates lose congressional races that were inundated by super PAC cash. In those congressional races, these huge corporate donors, they know they can't get a Republican there, but they know they can get a far-right Democrat. So that's who they're supplying money to. So the progressive lose. So if you ban dark money, Dark, uh, uh, dark money. They, these corporate idiots can't uh, uh, um, stop progressive candidates from winning, right? In other words, those progressives who really want to help the people lost because corporations gave their right-wing opponents way too much money, which took away the voice of the people who wanted them, you and I. Moving on. Yesterday, something happened, which we all hope will continue with other lawmakers, but we'll see. For participating in the insurrection, Otero County, New Mexico Commissioner Coy Griffin was removed from office. This was Crew, who filed the lawsuit. That's right. Your favorite Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington filed a lawsuit against Griffin earlier this year after he was charged with breaching and occupying Capitol grounds, a crime for which he was later convicted. The state's first judicial district court ruled that the January 6th attack and the surrounding planning, mobilization, and incitement 
constituted an insurrection. In accordance with the 14th Amendment and under Section 3 of that amendment, Griffin is constitutionally disqualified from serving in public office. This is the same thing some congressional representatives are accused of, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Could this be a precedent? The Republican Party may get involved in appeal because they stand to lose representatives. The court is the first since 1869 to invoke Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to remove a public official from their post. Section 3 states that no official can continue to hold office if they engage in insurrection or rebellion or gave aid or comfort to insurrectionists after taking an oath to support the Constitution of the United States. And by the way, most federal workers take take an oath, right? So it's more than just legislators that that can be stopped from um, from running from off uh, for office, right? Like some of the, some of these people that were involved in this scam, this scam to send. Uh, um, Representatives that weren't uh, uh, actual representatives to Mike Pence, if that's found to be part of the insurrection, then those people on the state level can't run for any of them, won't be able to run for office. Judge Francis Matthew concluded Griffin, who founded the group Cowboys for Trump, Cowboys for Trump, what a stupid name, uh, forfeited his current office as an Otero County Commissioner uh, uh, effective January 6, 2021. At the trial, an attorney who joined crew in representing the plaintiffs played videos of Griffin telling his supporters to prepare for war ahead of the insurrection and later saying he planned to return to the Capitol for a rally supporting the Second Amendment, threatening that there uh, would be blood running out of the building. This is a serious guy. Noah Bookbinder of Crew, we've talked about him before, said the court ruling makes clear that any current or former public official who took an oath to defend the U.S. Constitution and then participated in January 6th insurrection can and will be removed and barred from government service for their action. Uh, Griffin had planned to run for sheriff, but under the decision, he can't even run for dog catcher. Yeah, it's done for him. Uh, and I, you know, I'm wondering if how many suits Crew has, where this is going on. And I'm hoping one of them is Marjorie Taylor Greene. That would be awesome. Uh, Massachusetts is on course to elect its first woman and first gay governor after Mara Healey won the Democratic primary yesterday, and a Trump-backed candidate, Geoff, G-E-O-F-F. I hate it when Jeffries spell their name that way. Uh, uh, Geoff Dale won the Republican contest uh, to face her. Healy, the state attorney general, said, I am honored to receive the Democratic nomination. Together, we're going to win in November and build a Massachusetts that works for everyone. Massachusetts doesn't have a record of electing Democrats as governor, except for Deval Patrick, right-wing Democrat, from uh, 2007 to 2015. But they are known for electing moderate Republicans. Jeff Deal, 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 is um, it's D I E H L, Del, Del, Deal. I don't know how it's pronounced. Jeff Deal 
is an extreme right candidate supported by Trump. Uh, poll, uh, so, you know, he's not, he's nothing near a moderate Republican. Odds are he's not going to win. Polls give Healy huge leads over deal. So we got that Massachusetts Democratic governor. That would be awesome. Uh, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday affirmed that the Washington state legislature was correct to ban conversion therapy for minors in 2018. The law passed in 2018 added performing conversion therapy on a patient under age 18 to the state's list of uh, unprofessional conduct for healthcare work uh, providers. The practice is closely tied to severe mental health struggles among people who undergo the therapy with LGBTQ plus children nearly three times more likely to attempt suicide if they are subjected to conversion therapy. California became the first state to ban conversion therapy in 2011, and 20 other states and more than 100 cities and towns have followed since then. A conversion therapist challenged Washington's law in 2021, claiming the ban violated his freedom of speech and his religious liberty, but the Ninth Circuit uh, ruled that the law pertains to professional conduct rather than speech. The court ruled The Washington legislature relied on the fact that every major medical and mental health organization has uniformly rejected aversive and non-aversive conversion therapy as unsafe and in, uh, I'm going to have trouble with this word. I'm going to try it. Inefficacious. I got it. (laughs) Unsafe and inefficacious. Anyway, that's it. Uh, 39 minutes today? Sorry about that. I tried to keep it short, but uh, there was a lot of stuff today. That's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Man, do I appreciate you coming every day. Uh, I get up every morning very early. You can hear, I've had quite a bit of coffee. You can hear it in my voice probably. I got up at like four o'clock this morning. Uh, 4.04. I missed the top of the hour news. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow if you can. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Those four words, Political Views TV Podcast. Tweet to me. Questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, Government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles. And now, 10 seconds of background music.